Welcome to Faith FM, the breakfast show with Mon and Lyle. <laughs> Doing a reverse there, yeah, Lyle. Yeah, <laughs> kind of weird sitting in the reverse position. <laughs> you are listening to 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM and we are welcoming you to a beautiful day. Positively different radio right across mm-hmm. Australia. Coming wow. up on today's show, yes. Yeah, what, I was going to ask you, what do we have coming up in our show today? You, well, you have a story. Well, this is the delayed broadcast, so this we know all about it. This is the delayed broadcast. Okay, you. so you have a story about a 100-year-old athlete. Uh-huh. And I have a story about um, obesity and uh-huh. body image. And we have a story about candy, mm-hmm. but not what you're thinking. Yeah, not related to the body. Nothing yeah, to obesity. do with what you put in your mouth. <laughs> um, it's the place, not the food. And we have Danny Milenkov coming in for an interview live. The one and only Danny Milenkov. We also have Neil Thompson doing his Love Matters segment because love does matter. We also have a bunch of giveaways, but you, dear listener, can't get any of those because no. you're delayed broadcast. Yes, so you need to listen to the live one. And here's how you listen to the live one. You simply download onto your phone or tablet, the TuneIn app. It's free to download. Free download. You can play it through the speakers. You can play it through the Bluetooth. You can play it through your car. You can play it through your headset. You can play it uh, through Anywhere your you tractor, yeah. however you like. <laughs> I like the tractor. Just search for Faith FM Australia once you're in that app. Or if you don't want to download the app because you've run out of space, like most of us have, you can just jump on faithfm.com.au and you can listen to the live broadcast via the website. With a perfect signal right across Australia, it'll never drop out unless you're Perfect signal across the world, Lyle. Yes, that's right. People are listening in Africa. People are listening in England. People are listening in America. We get contacts. And uh, so, yes, grab the app and uh, join Join us for the room. Stay right with us. We'll be right back.
to Faith FM Australia, 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. Lyle. Yes. When you're 100 years old, do you reckon you could smash some swimming records? I would love to be able to smash a swimming <laughs> record at 100 years old, but I certainly couldn't smash one. Around. I, I struggled to get from one end of my pool to the other. Over, and your pool's like not even 50 metres. It's like, what, I can, 10 metres? I can walk. I can literally walk all day. Oh really? Yep. I, I just get a, I just get a, a nice a nice good solid pace going, and uh-huh. I can literally walk all day. But swimming is an excellent full body cardio, which is maybe why it's. And swimming, I get to the end of the pool, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> well, today is a proud moment for all Australians because we have Absolutely. a Brisbane local. He's a hundred years old, George Coronos. He smashed the world record fifty meter freestyle uh, in preparation for the Commonwealth Games coming up next month in April. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. We got a hundred year old. Hundred years old, putting us all to shame. And get this right. Now, obviously, this is within his age bracket, right? Yes, yeah, okay, hundred to one hundred and four age bracket. Oh, no. oh my goodness. <laughs> Good goals. But he actually gave up swimming at the beginning of the World War II and didn't start again until he was 80 years old. He commenced training at 80. I just love the fact that you said he gave up swimming at the beginning of World, World War, War II, II and he's now competing in the Commonwealth yeah, Games. Yeah, that, like that's such a huge break and now he's back into it. And he said himself, you know, um, if you can just dedicate yourself to it, the rewards of staying active are astronomical. And his whole thing is about staying active, mm-hmm. having good sleep, and uh, starting the day with a healthy vegetarian breakfast. But he's go. particularly adamant about staying active being like a key to longevity. He goes to gym three times a week. He's a particular fan of stretching exercises. He still logs on daily to his emails. He drives himself around. He lives See, alone. this is he's quality of active. life. This is not just longevity. That's this is it. quality of life. That's right. He's not a vegetable in a bed. He's actually staying active. And this is great news um, for us because... Right now, one of the biggest problems in health is actually sedentary lifestyles. Mm-hmm. We all think it's, you know, diet. So you're sitting and on a chair in front of a radio microphone, right? It, you know what? I was reading this and I was like, oh, this is so bad. So so I'm sure everyone now has heard the, the new saying that smoke, um, sitting is the new smoking. And it really yeah. is. Yeah. So people who sit 9.3 hours, I mean, sorry, people now sit 9.3 hours a day. 9.3 hours. That's like... Most of the day. Yeah. Um, and people who sit for over six hours increase their risk of death by 40%. That is massive. 40% is enormous. It's basically like every extra hour of sitting is an increase of 11% of a higher death risk. So that, that's why, that's how you can like work it out mathematically. Every hour you're sitting, just think 11%. 11%. Okay, so we need, to, uh, we need to have a standing up studio then. Yeah, it's actually quite easy to, um, to reverse this because all you need is like a um, – you need to take exercise breaks throughout the day because it's, 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 um, it's actually scary to note that that 40% death increase is even if you do exercise. So for those office workers out there who are hitting the gym religiously after, after work – if you still sit six hours a day, you're still at Okay, so the key with. then is that throughout the day, yeah, you get up and yeah. walk around. Yeah, so you have to like set your alarm on the hour, every hour, get up and walk around the office. It, particularly, I want to encourage people to get those sit-stand desks. You can get them from office works. They're pretty cheap. And if you don't want to you know, fork out the money, just get a box and fill it with some old books and set your computer on top of that and then stand at your desk. And it takes like maybe, I don't know, half an hour to adjust. It's actually you know a very better, quick adjust. What's that? Put the box under the feet of your desk, and then the whole desk is higher. Do you know what? I did that one time. I actually... And it fell over? <laughs> no, I, 
I got some planks and just hammered them to the legs of my table and just <laughs> raised the whole table so I could stand. Okay, well, I've got an interesting story here then that uh, is a little bit of a challenge because um, this is in the uh, in this morning's Newcastle Herald, um, which talks about uh, in the Newcastle area in particular, one in four adolescents have poor body image and combined with that, one in four of them are obese. The article goes on to talk about how that we need to have uh, more counselling services and psychological services available for our adolescents. Now, my question is, should we be telling our kids that it's fine to be obese? No, I don't think so. So I'm wondering, is counselling and psychological services, is this the... Is this the be-all and the end-all of, you know, what we need to provide for our children? You know, just 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 tell them, look, there's nothing wrong with your body image. Uh, with your body, you need to have a good body image. Or should we actually be teaching them more about health? Well, I'm actually, a bit, I'm actually a little bit scared about this subject because I feel like the word fat has become like the new F word. It's just so <laughs> no. scary to me. Because it's not as I said it'd be. Is, so. it, is it psychologically damaging to tell someone they're fat when like, you know, sitting does make you fat? We just looked at the facts of that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't want to tell someone that, you know, I guess, it, I guess it comes down to how awkward we are with communicating with each other because I do think there's a responsibility to help people who are obese. Not just because, not, not because you know, Big isn't beautiful because I think beauty is definitely, um, you know, in the eye of the beholder, and it's certainly you can't determine, you know, what's but good. But that what's doesn't bad mean that, that it doesn't but mean that a large person is healthy. That's right. It comes down to health, and being obese is a massive, massive health risk. Yeah. So, are you being irresponsible if your child is obese? Yeah, Absolutely. That's the question that I yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah, I think this is – okay, so here's, here's the way I say it. Yes, we need to have some psychological and counselling services and those kind of things for – you know, particularly we don't want our young people um, getting into anorexia and we don't want to – yeah, and if you'd like to comment on this topic, please call in. This is a, this is a good one to comment on. Mm-hmm. We don't want our young people getting anorexia. We don't want our young men taking steroids so that they can buff up. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't want that. Mm-hmm. But – it's not a bad thing if young men are going to the gym and working out and getting muscular, and it's not a bad thing if young ladies are getting fit and having a toned body, mm-hmm. because that means they're just being healthy. Okay, yeah, but but with the combine like- that with good diet, mm-hmm. get people off screens, get them outside, get them involved in sports and exercises, and uh, fresh air and sunshine. These have all got to be good things that combine together along with. The okay, but do you really think it's going to fix the problem of body image? Because just because a person is, you know, fit or muscular or toned or beautiful doesn't always mean that they have a good opinion of themselves either. Yes, you're right on that. Okay, mm. so we need to have both. Okay. We need to be able to tell people and give them the counselling that they need so that they have, um, so they have you know, a good body image along with having mm-hmm. a healthy body. They, we need to teach people to have both. A good body image and a healthy body. Now, I, I actually find this pretty interesting because I did recently watch a documentary about health and uh, and I was astounded to realize, um, you know, the health risks of eating poorly, like eating donuts, is actually very similar to smoking. And whereas the world has now... So lots of things are similar to smoking yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> The world has now gotten... Sitting and donuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The world has now gotten to a point where we, we can quite publicly frown upon smoking. If someone's smoking, not many people have an issue now 
now saying, hey, you know, that's killing you. Um, you know, it's a, it's a coffin nail, whatever they call cigarettes these days. Um, and, they're, and they're quite vocal about it. And, um, and, and but in this documentary, they're saying, you know, when do we finally get to the point when there is an obese person sitting next to you in the conference office, um, you know, having a meeting in a conference room and they're stuffing down donuts? You know, at what point, you know, are we finally allowed to say, hey, maybe ease up on the donuts because it's killing you because and this is the thing that i have a bit of beef about when it comes to public health like and this you have a beef about yeah <laughs> <laughs> is the fact that you know sure go and go and eat donuts and be obese whatever but the thing is it does come back to taxpayer money because those health problems are expensive for every country to have to deal with and then suddenly it affects me and you and everyone else yeah i kind of find that unfair like when do we get to the point where we can say hey we, stop we, smoking we, we, and hey stop eating donuts we tax cigarettes like crazy yeah to pay for so mm-hmm. the people pay for their own uh for their own um health care mm-hmm. uh, maybe we should be taxing donuts the same way are you a fan of the sugar and taxes and the fat taxes that, that some countries um have imposed i think i am yeah i think too. i am i think it's i think it's actually a really good idea to encourage people we are a dreadfully obese nation mm-hmm. and we need to be taking serious steps, healthcare steps to get the, our health as a nation back on track again. Yeah, I think it's almost like a matter of national shame. I, I do think we need to step up. We're going to be right back after this break. We're going to be listening to Jordan Lavick, I Need the Every Hour. We'll be right back for, what is it, candy? I'm looking candy. forward to maybe some healthy candy. <laughs> maybe.
Listening to Jaden Levick. I need the every hour here on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, and 88 right across Australia. Mon. Yes. What's our quiz for today? Ooh, our quiz. It is a what book am I? All right, here okay. it comes. Clue one. Yes. I tell how the Lord will judge and convict the ungodly sinners for all the harsh words they it. have spoken. Okay, goodness. I haven't even <laughs> finished it. reading I the clue, Lyle. <laughs> okay, so let me finish the clue. All right, all right, all right. I will tell how the Lord will judge and convict the ungodly sinners for all the harsh words they have spoken against him. Okie dokie. I'm going to be so happy if you get this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the number to call is 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or send us a message on Facebook and we will have a Melissa Otto DVD, a CD coming your direction um, as a prize for answering the question. Which book is that one? Maybe you should... Uh Maybe we should do a Stump Lyle quiz. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> no, I've been stumped a couple of times. But uh, anyway. Okay, so oh, also, if you would like to comment on our last uh, news segment where we talked about obesity and body image and... Staying active. Staying active. Mm-hmm. Give us a call on those on our numbers, one 800 We'd love to hear from you. Hear your opinion. Maybe you are somebody who has suffered with body image problems and can give us um, an insight from your perspective. However... Mm-hmm. While we are talking about all things to do with health, I'm going to talk about candy. I'm so intrigued by this. Okay, but this one actually has nothing to do with health. Okay, okay, This fine. is actually a very serious story. Oh. Um, this comes from Sri Lanka. Okay. And, of course, I have ancestors who come from Sri Lanka. Uh-huh. Um, but it comes from Sri Lanka, and in the center of the island of Sri Lanka, you have this beautiful mountaintop uh, city called Candy. Okay, sounds uh, lovely. Yeah, it is. It's a beautiful place. I haven't actually been there, but you know, I've read up on it a few times. Uh, and and in, you know, you've got average low temperature of twenty, average high temperature of twenty-five year round. Wow, so that's a, it sounds really lovely. It sounds <laughs> idyllic, um, but it almost seems, it almost feels like for me that my entire life I've heard on and off violence between Buddhists and Muslims in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't really remember back to a time when it wasn't happening. And, of course, violence has broken out once again in the city of Kandy. Uh, Buddhist mobs have swept through the hill town um, city. They've uh, been burning you know, Muslim-owned shops and homes, and at least one Buddhist man was killed by a group of Muslims in retaliation. And the government there has... Um, brought in a state of emergency to deal with it. And the very, very sad thing about this is the issue of the role of religion in war and in violence. I feel like that's almost a permanent fixture. You know, I love history. You all know I love history, Mm -hmm, right? Yeah. And one of the things that I find when I study history is that I find it very, very difficult to find a war that has ever been fought that is not religiously motivated. Mm. 
And I, I think this is very sad because, we you know, when I speak to my atheist friends, one of the main reasons that they don't want anything to do with Christendom or, or religion of any, any kind or any creed is because of this. They're like, because look of at the, the violence mess. that goes with it. Yeah, look at the mess religions make when they yeah. oppose each other. Yeah. Why would I want any part of that? Yeah. Particularly when, as Christians, you know, we have the Ten Commandments, which is the foundation of Christianity, and one of the Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt not kill. Yeah. And yet, sadly, Christianity has been one of the most violent religions that has ever existed. Mm -hmm. Possibly the most violent religion that has ever existed. What do, you, what do you say to someone? What do you say to someone who doesn't want to believe in Christianity, in Christ, because of the violence and the wars that come with it? You know, the issue here is not so much religion as it is human nature. Okay. Because human nature is without Christ in the life, in your life, the Bible says is desperately wicked and evil above all things. Mm -hmm. And wars come about as a result of human nature coming to the front. Mm -hmm. And I find this one a particularly interesting one because, you know, sometimes people try and compare one religion with another. Mm -hmm. Oh, this one's more violent, this one's more peaceful, etc., etc. And sometimes when I've been teaching history, I've asked the question, can anybody name for me a war that hasn't been religiously motivated? Mm -hmm. And, you know, people, you know, students will sit there and I start putting up their hands, well, what about this war? What about that war? What about this war? And, you know, I just stand there and give them the, the religious history of that particular conflict and how it was religiously motivated and, you know, and, and why, why it took place because of religion. Same. One of the things that I find I've also found fascinating studying history is the effect that a particular religion, a national religion, has on the psyche of the nation. Mm -hmm. Because we can't ignore this. When a nation is predominantly a particular religion, it is going to have an effect on the psyche of the nation and then on how that nation as a whole responds to warfare, it responds to uh, the victims of warfare. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, I don't know whether you class a prisoner of war as a victim or not, mm -hmm. but I, I do think that there is very much a, a victim uh, situation taking place with a prisoner of war. Mm -hmm. And so this is some interesting stats that might surprise you. Um, and, of course, this is not you know, saying that religion is responsible for this, but you cannot deny the religious aspect of creating the psyche of a nation. Mm -hmm. So if you go back to the Second World War and you look at, uh, for instance, Great Britain and you look at the prisoners of war who were held in Great Britain, um, the mortality rate there amongst POWs was 0.03%. So you actually had a better chance of surviving the Second World War as a German POW wow. than as a British citizen. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Now, um, of course, they had a Protestant uh, background, a Protestant ethic. Uh -huh. um, the United States, in contrast, um, or not in contrast, was also Protestant, Protestant, uh, but you had to cross the Atlantic to get there, which was a bit of a problem. Mm -hmm. um, and so their prisoner of war mortality rate was 0.15%. So it was a little higher. Mm -hmm. uh, the Atlantic created that problem. Then you had Germany, and Germany was social Darwinism. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is a religion of its own. Mm -hmm. And uh, you might like to disagree with me. Just give me a call. You've got, you know, a number, 1-800-324-843. Um, 26.7% mortality rate. Whoa. Okay. Then if you look at Eastern Europe, which was uh, mostly Orthodox, somewhat uh, Roman Catholic, 32.9%. Uh-huh. If you look at 
Soviet, um, you know, the, the Soviets, which was uh, social atheism, 35.8%. Oh, my goodness. And then if you look at Japan, which is Shinto Buddhism, 40.4%. That's really interesting. It's a really, it's a really interesting um, contrast between, you know, and there's, there's a lot of other factors that come in, you know, such as culture and so forth into all of these things. But we can't afford to, you know, downplay the role that religion has to play in all of this. Maybe you've got a comment that you would like to make on this particular subject, but we have to move on. We're going to listen to Anna Beden, Hope, Patience and Prayer. Lift your head, little one Lift your eyes to see the sun Lift your heart and burden soul Oh, rejoice in hope Lift your head Anabedin, Hope, Patience, Prayer here on Faith FM. And as we get into our next segment, we have a special guest in the studio. But before we go to our special guest, Monica, let's have another clue on our quiz. Yes. Okay. So our next clue, it's a what book am I? And the next clue is, 
uh, and this is a quote, Mm -hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. And the first clue was, I tell how the Lord will judge and convict the ungodly sinners for all the harsh words they have spoken against him. All right. Well, I wonder whether our guest knows the answer to this one. Don't don't give us the answer. We have Danny here in the in the studio. You know the answer. You know which book of the Bible this one is, Danny? I've got a feeling I might know. <laughs> He's tell got a feeling he might know. <laughs> okay, so Danny, welcome to Faith FM. Thank you. Good to be here. And with a last name like Milenkov, where does your family come from? Um, it comes from Eastern Europe. Uh-huh. There, from the beautiful country of Macedonia. Oh, Macedonia. Fantastic. Yes. Beautiful part of the world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. All right, very good. So now, did you, uh, were you born there or were you born here? No, well, my short history is I was conceived in Macedonia and dropped off in Melbourne. Okay. <laughs> so that's my Fair very enough. short yes. history. So um, <laughs> my mum was three months pregnant when... Uh, along with my dad, they jumped on an Italian ship and sailed all the way from Macedonia to, to Melbourne. There you go. Mon, you have a story similar to that? Yes. Isn't my, it like parts assembled somewhere? Yeah, my dad likes to say that I was manufactured in Germany, but parts assembled in Australia. <laughs> 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 Loves his dad joke. There you go. Now, um, as a young person growing up, did you come from a religious home? Uh, yes, my, my parents were both um, Seventh-day Adventist Christians, and oh, okay. so, yeah, I was blessed to be um, growing up in, an ad, uh, in a Christian home. Fantastic. And uh, as you're growing up in, a, uh, in that kind of environment, um, was there a point in your life where you um, made that specific decision for God, or you just always, you've always known God ever since you were, can remember? Well, I've known God um, ever since, uh, I guess, I was in nappies, but I really didn't know God until... Until about the age of 18 when I made a decision to give my heart to the Lord. I had drifted away during my teenage years like many young people Uh who grew up in the church. And so I made a a commitment then through some very interesting circumstances. I want to hear about those very interesting Mm. circumstances. (laughs) Well, the circumstances were um, based on on Bible prophecy. Okay. Um, This uh, American preacher who's still alive and well today. Who's that? By the name of Kenneth Cox. Um, There you go. (laughs) Kenneth Cox. That's a name. That's a blast from the past. He must be getting on in years now. Yeah, he is. He is. It might be about 120, but I think he's still going. (laughs) And um, anyway, the Lord used Kenneth Cox um, through his uh, videotapes. Back then, we used to watch videotapes. Yeah, so Monica, back in the day, we had these (laughs) things called- Oh, come on now. I remember VHS. I'm not a millennial. I'm a zenial. Oh, okay. So zenials know about VHS. Yeah, we had an analog start and then a teenage digital All right. So for all the millennials out Mm. there- um, who might not know what Danny's <laughs> talking about. <laughs> These were big old clunky cassette things about the size of a large book that you'd pop into a machine and they'd spin backwards and forwards and uh, that's how we watch stuff. That's exactly right. That was before, and, um, um, yeah, before YouTube and DVDs and everything else. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, so that's how the journey began through those videotapes that were um, based on the book of Revelation. So how did you start to watch them? Did you just like randomly pick them up and watch them while you're at home sometime? Or no, I didn't. Uh, my mum my mom went to great lengths to, to, to find something that might interest her, her prodigal son um, <laughs> that just wasn't interested in spiritual things at all. I and tell you so, what, there's a, um, there's, a, there's a tremendous amount of power in a praying mother, 
isn't mm, there? Absolutely. And absolutely. Uh, a mother who has a burden for her kids. And so she uh, she plonked you down in front of the TV? Well, no, she didn't plonk me down. Um, I was 18 and I wasn't going to be plonked down by anyone, <laughs> let alone my mother. <laughs> past, past the plonking stage? Yes. Yeah, so, um, no, she basically um, spent uh, most of her Friday traveling by train up and down um, to a place a couple of hours away from our home to pick up these uh, videotapes to just borrow hire I guess hire these videotapes um, and um, <laughs> this, this was how it was done back yeah, in the day yeah that's exactly <laughs> no how it was done no such thing as Netflix here or YouTube like <laughs> no, oh let me just download no. this real quick no there like, wasn't let me jump on a train <laughs> and travel for two hours yeah each way and um, so anyway it was a Friday night it was Moomba Friday night and those who are familiar with Melbourne that's like in March yeah, I'm like uh, what on earth is that yeah <laughs> Moomba it's a big festival in Melbourne so okay. I think it's still going I'm not quite sure I haven't been, haven't lived there for quite a while now. But anyway, it was Friday night. My mates uh, were supposed to come pick me up mm-hmm. on that Friday night, and we were supposed to go out to town and just have a good time as always. Mm-hmm. However, for this, uh, for a strange reason that I still don't know to this day, God knows, um, they never showed up. Um, they were pretty reliable, my mates, and they never showed up to pick me up. And I, I, I tend to think that God intervened here. I Daddy. think so. I think so. And uh, my mum had put this uh, videotape on. And while I was waiting for my mates to turn up, I just started watching. Um, watched a couple of minutes, few minutes, looking at my watch. When are my friends coming? They weren't coming. But soon I stopped looking at the watch and I was absorbed in what this American with this heavy accent. Oh, Texan um, accent. Yeah. Kenneth Cox has got the most amazing Texan yeah, accent. Yeah, absolutely. And he was just sharing from the book of Revelation. And he just made it plain that uh, God has prepared a place for us. He loves us. But there are two destinies and I have a choice which destiny I will choose, either eternal life or eternal death. And uh, that's what the book of Revelation is. It's about a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Christ offers us uh, the gift of eternal life and it was up to me whether I would take that on board or not. And so after watching three hours of that, on that Friday night? One Friday night, three hours. Three hours, yes. Just, uh, <laughs> there, were, there were three sessions. There were three one-hour sermons on that videotape. And, um, yeah, at the end of that, I gave my heart to the Lord. I was weeping, confessing all of my sins. And um, and that was, yeah, the beginning of a new journey. Yeah, that's a really dramatic story. Praise God. It was, yeah. So you're 18 years old. What ha- what about your, your mates that um, used to party out on the town? Did they... Uh, did they turn their lives around as well, or they just drift off and no? What happened um, there? Yeah, no, they they continued on with with what they were doing, um, but. A number of my mates thought I was really mad um, because the next day I was at church. I was at church like early, like wow. at nine thirty, <laughs> instead of coming. It's like at time, on, on time, right? You were yeah, there on time. I was there on time because normally, normally I'd turn up to church if I did, you know, just after the, just after the sermon finished for the for the benediction and in time for lunch. Okay. Um, so I'd come for lunch and have a feed and say hello to everyone, and so it was just a, a time to. So when they saw me there. Um, you know, all dressed up with my Bible at 9.30. They were wondering what on earth had happened. And um, so I shared with them. And yeah, it was it, it was the beginning of a new journey. And I just praised the Lord for that. Um, yeah, it was just so exciting. So wow. exciting. Okay, so you're involved in full-time ministry now. Mm. Um, did you do something different before you got into full-time ministry? Or is that sort of, you know, you finished uh, when you were 18? Did you sort of hit, like, yep, that's my calling? Tell us about your calling. Okay, well, I did sense that calling in 18. I was in year 12 at the time, mm-hmm. um, studying, uh, just going to school there in Melbourne. However, I put it off. I didn't think that that was for me. Um, I asked the Lord to give me a plan B, some other options. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for about three, four years there, I I 
I did various things. Um, as in? As in worked with my dad who built concrete water tanks out in the country. Oh, cool, yeah. I love that, uh-huh. um, being out in the country. I did some other work, some sales. So if I need a tank, you could build me a tank, right? Yeah, I could. <laughs> <laughs> One that doesn't fire. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but eventually, um, yeah, four years later, um, I heard the call again from God, and uh, this time I said yes, and so... Yep. Yeah, here we are today. So you went to uh, college, you did some study, and uh, and then you went into ministry. Whereabouts did you start ministry? Started off in New Zealand. Oh, really? Oh, I love New Zealand. New Zealand is a beautiful country. Oh, six years there. I'm telling you, it's the best country in the world. Um, and if it wasn't for... Just, careful, careful. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, just the people are so friendly. They have you, have are really, been, really friendly. To, have you been to Tasmania? I have been to Tasmania. Oh, See, Tasmania like, is the promised land. <laughs> Tasmania is like a mini New Zealand. No. Um, everything's slow and the people are yes. friendly yes. and kind. Yes. It's yeah. similar to That's New right. Zealand yeah, in okay. many similar, ways. Similar. Yeah, yeah, so I um, spent six years there and then came back and ministered seven years in Port Macquarie. Mm-hmm. And that was a wonderful place to live in. And the last six years have been here on the Central Coast. There you go. So the Lord has been good to you, taking you to beautiful parts of the world to be able to do ministry. And I understand that a part of your ministry now is, well, actually, most of your, all of your ministry now involves public evangelism. How did that come about? Well, it used to be my hobby, um, <laughs> my something, side something, hobby. Something you did on the side? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I love public evangelism. I was well, like, never... That's a good hobby. I like that as a hobby. That's a, that's a pretty awesome hobby. Like, you know, everybody has different kinds of hobbies and, and uh, Danny's hobby is like, yeah, for my hobby, I'm, gonna sh- I'm just going to go and win souls. That's right. Um, so I never, once again, I, I never wanted to get involved in this kind of work, but um, the, the Lord had other plans and, um, and I found myself... Uh, giving it a go, and I've loved it ever since. So yeah, this year I'm I'm full time on the road, um, uh-huh. just sharing the good news of the gospel and inviting people to 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 prepare for the soon return of Jesus. Fantastic! Now, uh, full time on the road. Whereabouts will you be heading to this year? Well, um, I've just finished a program at Carryong mm-hmm. uh, down there near Gosford, and um, so it's kind of familiar territory. Yeah, absolutely. And so this weekend, this Friday night, I begin. At West Wall's End, um, another series uh, that'll right. go for a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic. Now, the series that you're beginning here in West Wall's End, what's that one all about? Well, I've entitled it Discover Hope, Finding Peace in Uncertain Times. And mm-hmm. so we're going to basically, yes. Do you, do you really think our times are uncertain? Oh, absolutely. What makes our times uncertain? Well, I mean, like, Australia's pretty, pretty easy going. We're pretty relaxed here. Australia's pretty easy going, but um, I think uh, most thinking people, who, who are not living under a rock and are just checking out what's happening around them, realize that uh, we're living in, in very uncertain times as far as economically speaking. Um, soon the bubble's well and truly going to pop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've been putting that Band-Aid on top of that ulcer for a very, very long time. Mm. Absolutely. There's a lot of social confusion and upheaval, um, not to mention, you know, what we're doing to our environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, religiously speaking, faith speaking, there, there's a lot of confusion today in the world. There's a lot of uncertainty. People are wondering, um, you know, what the future holds. And, and people are seeking for, I find, identity, uh, meaning, purpose. Uh, they're also wondering um, where, where does their life fit into, into the whole scheme of things. And mm-hmm. so... 
So they're just asking those basic questions. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you have the answers to these questions. Well, I don't, but God's <laughs> Word does. <laughs> I believe God's Word does. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we'll be opening up God's Word um, yep. each and every evening um, during this program and just and just sharing what God has in store for each person. And I truly believe that... Um, if individuals are simply willing uh, to give God a go, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good, that they will discover um, that God has everything they desire and even more of that which they haven't even thought of. Okay, so going back to when you were 18 years old and you gave your heart to God, you know, a lot of people would say, well, you know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, particularly 18-year-olds who look at religion like, well, if I become religious, that's going to be a really boring life and, and um, you know, why would, I, why would I go down that path? It's just, uh, it's just totally – have you ever regretted giving your life to God? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely has, has not. Has your life been boring? Not on your <laughs> life. Not on your life. Now, the Lord's blessed me. Um, yeah, as you, as you pointed out earlier, um, I've had the opportunity to travel um, to Africa and some other parts of the world, and it's just been so exciting to, to meet with so many different people from different backgrounds, different cultures, and to be able to share with them the good news of the, of the gospel. And, I mean, you can talk about the football, you can talk about the weather, you can talk about whatever um but there's nothing like sharing with someone how they can enjoy eternal life and how they can enjoy the abundant life in the here and now how they can find peace and meaning there's nothing like it to see people breaking down and crying with tears of joy and happiness when they when they realize that there is a god in heaven who loves them who created them who has a plan for them that their, their whole life is transformed mm. i mean we're not talking about you know who won the football who or who got a gold medal uh, who cares about that? that 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 comes and goes and that means absolutely nothing to most people but to but to, but to have an experience that personally impacts you and absolutely transforms your life that's just incredible and to be able to share that with people to invite people on that journey Man, there's nothing better than Sounds that. Sounds like you have the best job in the world there, Danny. <laughs> now, um, coming back to the program starting mm. in West Walls End, whereabouts is that? Well, it's at the West Walls End Seventh-day Adventist Church, mm-hmm. uh, which is located at 3 Withers Street in West Walls End. Mm-hmm. There you go. And what time are you going to – what day are you starting again? Starting this Friday night. So what would that be? That's March 9, uh, this Friday night, March 9, from 6.30 to 8.30. Okay, so you want to hear Danny Milenkov live, you know where to be. Uh, West Walls End Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, this Friday, 9th of March at 7... 6.30. 6.30. 6.30. 6.30 to 8.30. And and if I could just share this, Lyle, the first two programs are huge. They are huge. Tell us. Tell us very quickly. Well, we're going to be looking at um, uh, what Jesus had to say about the times we're living in and how they tell us that he is about to return. So... Full on, huge. Wow, that's going to be very, very exciting. All the evidence out there to show that Jesus will be back here in a very, very short space of time. You have no idea how soon the return of Christ could be. But if you want to find out, then go and hear Danny. We're going to listen to Fernanda Ortega. Come let us worship. Come let us worship and bow down before the Lord, our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down, and kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Come, 